Praise the Lamb of God. Everybody got your Bibles tonight? I want you to go with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 12. We're going to start at verse 33. The Bible says, Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. There's a thought. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Father, For the next few moments here tonight, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Speak through me to the hearts of all that are here tonight. Give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word. Spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us. And the godly wisdom to walk in that path. And we thank you and we praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You can be seated. I'm not going to give you the title of the message just yet. Give me a minute. So the Bible says, An evil and an adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Now let me ask you a question. The Bible said an evil and an adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. You know what it says? Do you know of any evil and adulterous generations? Said they're seeking after a sign. Said there ain't going to be no sign given to it. But the sign of the prophet Jonas, what is that? It's not Jonas the singer. (laughs) Jonas, brothers. It is Jonah in the well, but it says, There shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Oh, come on. Now what now? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You know what the you know what the, the the title of this message is. Here's your sign. Here's your sign. The Bible says, "For as Jonas was in the uh, uh, it was three days in the, and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart in the heart of the earth." 
the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Let me tell you something, folks. If you're looking for a sign, here's your sign. This is the only sign you're going to get. Is the same sign that Jonas, that Jonah gave to Nineveh. What was the sign Jonah gave to Nineveh? Let's take a look and see. Let's look at the sign that Jonah gave to Nineveh. Go to the book of Jonah. Go to the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 3. Look at verse 4. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said... Or let's just start back there. Let's just start back there at verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonas arose and went into Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. That's how big it was. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried. As soon as he got within the city borders, he began to cry out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water, but let Man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. You know what that is? You know what that is? That's the sign of the prophet Jonas. That's the sign that was given. He was sent to Nineveh. What did he say? What did Jesus tell Jonah? Yeah, but you know what he said? He said, go and preach. Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? Sound familiar? What does it sound like? What does it sound like? That's part of it, but what is what is it? What did he just what did he tell Jonah? 
Uh, uh, come on. We'll start it out right. Go ye therefore and preach. Okay. What did he tell Jonas? Arise and go into Nineveh, that great city, and what? And preach unto them the preaching that I bid thee. Okay. What? So what, is he, what did he do? He sent Jonah to warn them. You know what? The Bible says in Ezekiel, praise God, that he's made me a watchman. Amen. And he said, you will hear the word at my mouth and warn my people from me. What does the Bible say? Preach the word. Preach the what? The word. What is it that I preach? Is there anything else you've ever heard me preach? I preach the word. Why is that? Because that's what it tells me to do. I'm preaching unto you. A modern day Nineveh. A modern day Nineveh. I hope. I hope that you are a modern day Nineveh. I hope the people that God allows me to preach to and sends me to preach to are a modern day Nineveh. Because let me tell you what's so good about Nineveh is they repented. They believed God. And they stopped and they repented. So the Bible says, an evil and an adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, but there shall no sign be given to it. You ain't going to see stars falling from the sky. You ain't going to see this and that and other. He said, the only sign's going to be given to you is the same sign I sent to Nineveh. I sent a man of God anointed and appointed of me, amen, just like I've always done, and I sent him to carry the message to tell those people. He didn't tell them. He didn't tell Listen, let me tell you, the sign was not Jonas going to him and saying, Hey, man, what's up, man? Word up, G. Hey, man. Yeah, man, what up? Yeah, word up, G. Oh, yeah, man, what's up? You know, all that elbows do. Didn't do all that stuff, man. No, he said, Hey, man, listen, man, you know, uh, uh, everything's cool. I mean, Jesus did it all. I just come by to tell you, Jesus did it all. Amen. I just come by to tell you, amen, just stay like you are and let Jesus make the change. Ring a bell? Seen that sign anywhere? That's not what Jesus sent to him. He sent his messenger before him. Let me tell you something. You want the messenger to get to you before Jesus does. I'm going to tell you something, because if you ain't prepared to meet him, honey, you ain't going to see him. Amen. So he's given this world a chance. He's given this world a chance. I feel the Holy Ghost all over me tonight. I'm preaching to his people tonight. Praise God. And he's got a message for you tonight. Amen. This is the only sign you're going to ever get. And you better be glad God sent me to you. Because let me tell you something. The Word of God is quick and powerful, and it's for our learning. Hallelujah. I don't know how long I've got on this earth. I don't know whether I'm going to be here till the trumpet sounds. I don't know whether I'm going to breathe another breath. But I'm going to preach it till it comes. Hallelujah. And you better soak up every word this pastor preaches as long as I'm preaching from that word right there, buddy. Because I'm going to tell you something. You're a very, very fortunate individual. Amen. That the King of kings and Lord of lords decided to send a modern-day Jonah. Amen. 
to this people and warn you that if you don't repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He didn't send me here to pet on you and smooth on you. He didn't send me here to try to con you out of your money. He didn't send me here to try to smooth you into doing things that that, uh, that I want you to do. He didn't send me here to try to con you in any way. He sent me here to warn His people, amen, to turn from wickedness because the time of the Lord God is at hand. He's coming very soon, amen. And you know not the hour nor the day where the Son of Man cometh. I'm going to tell you it's going to happen at a time when you think not. It's going to come at a time, man, when you think that. There ain't no in the world he's coming. It's going to catch you off guard. If you're going to meet Jesus, you're going to have to be prepared at all times to do just that. Amen. The difference in heaven and hell is going to be whether or not you're a Nineveh or whether whether or not you let it fall on deaf ears and believe it not. They believe God. And the king declared throughout all the land that not only would the people fast from food and water and put on sackcloth and ashes and cry out to God, but even the animals would not eat or drink. That shows a strong commitment. That shows, man, that even a mighty place like Nineveh was a mighty, mighty place. Sixty thousand, or or let's see, I think it was sixty thousand people no, 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 120,000. It was six score thousand people. 120,000. Let's get some Bible. What's your sign? Look at Romans 10, 14, 15. Let me show you what your sign is. The Bible says... How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And here's a big kicker. How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not obeyed. They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Esaias or said, "Lord, who hath believed our report?" So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. There's one thing you're gonna get in this church, and that's the word of God. So how will they hear without a preacher? Not just any preacher. A preacher that's been sent. There's a difference. How many of you have ever heard other preachers? How many believe I'm different? How many of you see a difference in what I preach and what those other preachers preach? The difference is, I don't know about them, but I can tell you, I'm sent. How many of you believe I'm sent? So what's your sign? Matthew 6, 33 is your sign. That's one of your signs. 
What is it I'm preaching? Remember when I told you to remember what, I, what, what you was talking about earlier? What's the sign that's going to be sent to you? It's going to be what I preach. That's the sign. That's your sign. What's your sign? Tell me about it. What is it, brother? What's what you were talking about earlier? What's all those things you mentioned? Don't you have them listed in your Bible there? Okay. Here's your sign. That's what I preach. Is that not what I preach? There's your sign. There's your sign right there. Amen. You know what your sign is? Amen. Your sign is what Sister Sarah was talking about earlier in the Scripture she gave. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. I'm not here to tell you how easy you're going to make it into heaven. I'm here to tell you, buddy, you better pray and hope you make it into heaven. If you think you just automatically end, you'll never see heaven. I guarantee it. Don't you ever take heaven for granted. Buddy, if you make it, it's going to be by the skin of your teeth and every ounce of grace that you could possibly get from Jesus is going to take to make it in. Don't think you're going to skate in on His grace and mercy. Amen. You're going to come to the end of you first. Then His grace is going to pick up where you leave off. But if you think you're just going to walk in there and hold on to something and take it on home with you, oh, no, you ain't. Oh, no, you ain't. You're going to do what you can do, and that's where Jesus takes up. The Bible says, if the righteous scarcely be saved, what does that mean? What does that mean, Brother Jay? Break it down for me. What's the righteous? People that are living right. I mean doing everything right. Isn't that right? That's what a righteous man is. A man's living a righteous life. Whatsoever's right, what? That's right in the eyes of God, and that's according to His, his Word. That's right. Okay, so there's the first part of it. If the righteous scarcely be saved, okay, what's that mean? That's right, okay? If the righteous, those that are doing right, not man's righteous, God's righteous, scarcely be saved, then where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Guess where they're going to appear? Where are they going to appear? That's right, H-E double hockey sticks, that's right. That's right. People have everybody painted into heaven, don't they? Listen, folks, I understand it's a terrible thought to think about somebody not making heaven. But understand this, you didn't put them there, neither did I. You didn't put them there. Do you think people in this world go to hell by default? That's right. Do you think that they went to hell without having a chance to make heaven? That's right. Did you know everybody is going to have an opportunity to make heaven? The Bible says when the gospel is preached in all the world for a testimony, amen, 
then shall the end be. So what is your sign? Cry aloud. Spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and tell my people the error of their ways. That's your sign. You know what your sign is? Your sign is, in the beginning, God. Your sign is Matthew 6.33. He ain't going to fall into no other place but first. If you don't put Him first, you're wasting your time. If you don't put Him first, you ain't got Jesus. Because if you think He's going to play second fiddle to anybody or anything, including you, you're sorely mistaken. And you will come to an understanding of that at some point. Maybe it will be in judgment. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. He's not going to play second to anything or anyone. But on the flip side of that, if you'll make him first like we were talking about this morning, you're going to see your whole world change. And I know that everybody in this church, save these two, made a commitment this morning at that altar to do just that. Did we not? Let me tell you something. God's going to hold you to that vow. Because God sees that as a vow. And He's going to hold you to it. But I guarantee you, you follow that vow, and you can hold Him to His word too that says that all these things shall be added unto you. You're going to see your whole life begin to change. You're going to see this whole church begin to change. Because I'm going to tell you something. Righteousness exalted the nation. Let me tell you something else. Righteousness exalted the church. Righteousness builds a church. Righteousness will cause this church to be a beacon of light like you ain't never seen, buddy. It'll cause this church to glow at night. Amen. They'll be talking about this church at the airports. Have you seen that glowing light over in the woods over around Navasota? I don't know what the heck it is, man. I, every time I go over, I see this big old ray of light coming from there, man. I don't know what it is. Don't matter what time you go through there, neither, man. Yeah. Man, my instruments start smiling on the plane. I don't know what it is. Seems like every time I go through there, man, I may have a headache. It just goes away immediately. I don't know what the heck's going on. I might have to go down there and check that place out. What is it? I don't know, man. It's one of them Pentecostal churches, I think. I looked it up online because I've been having the same experience. (laughs) Yeah. Let me tell you, man, there's a lot, there's a lot of benefits comes with serving God in a pleasing way. Man, don't you know he's looking for somebody to bless? Don't you know it's it's hard for him to find somebody to bless? Think about it. How many of you know God's got a lot of blessings? Now think about the world we live in. Now just think about the area we live in. Just think about the people we know. Just think about the people in Houston and surrounding areas in here. Don't you know it's hard for Jesus to find somebody to bless? Because He can't bless sin. 
Don't you know it's hard for him to find some people to bless? Don't you know he's just chomping at the bit? Man, there's one right there. He's almost living righteous. Almost. Get them blessings ready. Don't you know God delights in giving his children good things? But he's got a set of rules written in that book right there you got your hands on. And he can't he can't stray from that. He put the guidelines in there. And you know what he did? You know what else he did? He sent a sign to his people to warn you, to encourage you. Amen. To open the gates of the prison of them that are bound. Amen. To give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. Praise God to set the captive free. To give you the oil of joy for mourning. <clears throat> you know what? All this stuff, people think that you, all those things right there are just dripping in molasses, but they're not. Man, the oil of joy for mourning is not just about coming and telling you that, man, you know, that, uh, oh, man, you know, that, uh, man, uh, uh, you know, well, my goodness, now it's over, and this and that, you know. No, the oil of joy is not always about telling you to come and to tell you that everything's going to come up roses tomorrow. The oil of joy is, is, is about coming and telling you, you know what, man, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know the one holding it. Amen. I don't know how it's going to be tomorrow, but I can tell you it's going to be all right because Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. He Praise God. Listen, let me tell you something. The righteous are not forsaken, neither are their seed begging bread. I'll tell you that. I don't know, man. You, uh, listen, I'm, here, I'm not here to tell you you're going to be rich, but I'm here to tell you you ain't going to be hungry. I'm not here to tell you you're going to be rich, but I am here to tell you that you're going to have what you need because Jesus declared it and he ain't a liar. I'm here to tell you that if you'll just endure until the end, the same shall be saved. I'm here to tell you that if you'll repent, no matter how bad or wicked you've been, no matter what you've done, I'm here to tell you you don't need to worry about all that. I'm here to tell you you don't need to worry about that. That ain't gonna have a, that's not going to have an effect on your making heaven if you'll repent which means to for, ask for forgiveness to stop, turn about, go the other way. Go away from it. Leave it alone. Forsake that sin. Turn from it. Walk toward Jesus, and you're walking away from that sin. And don't look back. Don't grab a hold of it no more. Don't go back with your diving gear and pick it up from the sea of forgetfulness. Because, you know, we're prone to do that. Ain't never done no diving in our life. But lo and behold, God separates the sin from us as far as the east is from the west and cast it in the sea of forgiveness. Amen. And here we come with fins and scuba gear. I hope it ain't too deep yet because I figured out how to beat this thing myself now. I got it now, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that help. Man, I never could have got it done without you. Thank you. I got it now. I got it now. I got it figured out. Oh, man, I got it figured out now, God. God sitting up there going, huh. Michael and Gabriel up there going, oh. I thought we were through with this nut. 
What's your sign? Stop it. You ever told your kids that? Stop it. It starts out nice. Don't do that, honey. Honey, would you would you please not do that? Then you get on that you get on that working on that last nerve and you know you start getting a headache and your eyebrows start going up and down and you start you know, you start getting that twitch in your head, you know, like you're fixing to flip out, wig out on them, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, Stop it! <laughs> That's usually when my dogs go, <laughs> Those are my kids. They're the only kind I allow in my house. Yeah. Because if it gets bad enough, I can't take them out and shoot them. <laughs> Not that I ever would. I, I love my dogs. I actually love my dogs more than, more than I love most people. Amen. They're a whole lot more faithful. Than... <laughs> yes. It's just a biscuit, and a biscuit and a piece of bacon, buddy. Okay, Dad. Listen, man, I, I've got the other three legs. No problem. I'm good. Give me that bacon. <laughs> I still got three good legs, Dad. One good eye. I'm good, you know. <laughs> I love you. Come on with the bacon. Yeah. Man, you know what, church? There's a lot of people that think I'm a hateful guy. They think I'm hateful. Really strange to some people because I had a guy come by one day and God dug my well out here. and <clears throat> Lord sent him. I knew it. And he sent him to me because he was hungry, man. He needed the truth. And he started getting the truth. Man, it just woke him up. He had a nice family and everything. I gave him some messages, and he took one, and after he come back later, he said, I never heard anybody scream before. <laughs> I said, well, I gave you a mellow, a mellow one to start with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I see. I gave him a get right, get ready, and get to work. Yeah, they came. They came one time, but <clears throat> anyway, that's okay. You know, yeah, the wife didn't really want that because she wanted to she wanted to wear her pants and stuff like that and besides that she liked to go to uh, uh you know uh well you know one of those clubs what are they called uh, supposed to be churches what are they, what are they called social club huh yeah nice people nice people and who knows i think they'll be back amen i believe they'll be back at some point but praise god but you know what I love you enough to tell you the truth. I mean, it may not be easy to hear, but what good is a bunch of fluff and lies if it's going to take you to hell, man? What good is that? Man, I'd rather you hate me now and love me then than to love me now and hate me then because that's forever. This is not. Amen. You know, you've got to get used to this message. You've got to, get, you've got to accept this message or you can't make it. And if you weren't built for this message, you would not be here. You see? See, that's the one thing about this message. That's the one thing about the real Bible. That's why everybody's getting rid of that Bible. Because that is the real Bible. And you know what? They had to change it because even the doctors of theology, you know, the stupid people with lots of paper degrees, 
they were to the place where they could not explain away enough of the Bible, so they had to start changing it. Saying, well, you know what, if we, if we leave this in here, people are going to start thinking this, and we, you know, it's best if we just, instead of just putting a commentary inside, let's just take that out of there, because it don't need to be in there. Yes. We, we, listen, we found Billy Bob Spankmeyer over in, uh, uh, in, in uh, Hoobie-Jubieville. Man, we found it in the great tomb of, of King Nut. Yeah, he had it in his teeth. When we opened it up, man, his chompers flipped open and out spit the scroll. Yeah, man, 18 lords, 12 gods, and whatever the heck else you want. Yeah, Billy Bob, nine and six and a half. They had to change it all. Well, you know what? This Bible, in, in a church like this, you can look around you and see. Ain't a whole lot of people want this message. Doesn't take very long for somebody to find their way out of the parking lot. And probably when they leave, they probably drive out faster than they pulled in. Oh, yes, I'll be back. And as they go out the door, when hell freezes over. When they do away with you behind that pulpit. Huh? The... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. And you know what? Yeah, I can't, I can't break up your fallow ground. you got to do that. How do we do that? It may take a hoe. It may take an axe. It may take a pickaxe. But I can tell you it ain't going to just happen like that. It ain't going to just, it ain't just gonna break itself up either. You know what? Let me tell you something. This takes work. So did going to Calvary, folks. So did preaching the Sermon on the Mount. So did walking all over the place in those parts of the country. Amen. So did doing all the things Jesus did. It took work. You know, he, he sacrificed his whole life on this earth to, to do exactly what he did. And he expects us to do the same. Once you meet Jesus, it's time to lay your life aside. Okay? That's a lot easier said than done. That's a lot easier to say okay to and not follow through with it. Than it is to say, okay, you're right. And I'm going to do it. We have to... Lay aside our, our, our life and put God first. It's that simple. That's my job is to come and tell you what that Bible says, what it takes to make heaven. I want to ask you a question. When you came here, did you have a little different idea at that point of what it took to make heaven? Was it a little bit? How about now? Any difference? 
let me ask you a question. Are you just going on theory, or do you truly believe what I'm preaching is what it's going to take? It ain't got nothing to do with just me preaching it, folks. It's got to do with you see it in that Bible. You see it. You understand it. It's been made clear to you, not because of anything I've done. All I've helped you do is see it. I've helped open your eyes to what that Bible says. You know what? How many, how many of you understand that Bible you've got in your hand a whole lot better now than you did when you walked through the front door at the beginning? How many of you think that's the right Bible? Hmm. Well, then a whole bunch of my job's done. I got a whole lot more to do, but that's a good portion of it right there. Amen. Getting you to understand that, hey, first of all, the tough part is getting all that out there out of you. That's the tough part. That's why if you ever find any areas around here, there's dynamite stuff like that and, uh, you know, all kinds of nitroglycerin and all kinds of mechanical devices and detonators and things like that. <laughs> Probably SWAT teams are to come. I'm talking about spiritual stuff, whoever's listening. In case you're listening up there, Obama, I'm not talking about any of the nonsense y'all are thinking. I'm talking about in the spirit realm. Because it's so hard to get some of that doctrinal stuff out of man out there. It just about takes explosives to do it. It's hard to get that mess out of you, isn't it? No. you got to turn that mess loose. Let me tell you, you ain't going to never intertwine that stuff with this. Make it work. There's a bunch of places try it. It just don't fly. Just don't fly. But this is your sign. I am the sign. I'm the sign that the Lord sent to you. How will you hear without a preacher? Here I am. And how will I preach? Except that I'm sent. Man, I couldn't I couldn't help you understand the stuff in that Bible if I wasn't sent. I have listened to some of these doctors of theology. It just blows my mind. I was listening to a guy one day. I just could not believe it. He was coming from the parable of the sower. I mean, not the sower, but the parable of the talents. I just absolutely could not believe what was coming out of this guy's mouth, Dr. So-and-so. I was like, how in the world... Did he ever get, he was like, man, I'm going to tell you, this guy was like, he was not even in left field. He wasn't even on the baseball field, son. He wasn't in left field. This guy was in the, he was in the Fruit Loop pasture, son. This guy was out in, I'm telling you, it had nothing to do with anything. I, I mean, I ain't never even heard a theory like where he was coming from. And he was trying to make it sound so with, so wise, and I'm thinking, man, this guy's lost his marbles, man. And I'm sure there's probably some people amening him somewhere. I almost wrecked my truck. <laughs> I was like, ah, pow, pow, no! <laughs> it just makes me want to scream, man, because you know what? Somebody's hearing that mess that don't need to be hearing that mess. Somebody somewhere is being led down and ain't never coming back. Mm-hmm. But I praise God that ye have eyes and ye see. Because it is given to you to understand. See? It's 
not given to them to understand. You know why that is? Because they don't want it. But you want it. That's why you're here. There was a hunger in you that wanted more. And God said, oh, yeah. Yeah, I can use that. All he needs is a little glimmer. All he needs is just a little bitty glimmer. He can take it. He can use that to build on. That's what he needs. So what do I preach? I preach Acts 2.38. Repent. I don't preach forgiveness. I preach commitment. I preach you do it. You do your part, God will do his. You ain't got to worry about God doing all the stuff for you. You just do your part. And God will do his. You ain't got to do a thing. You ain't got to do a thing more than what God knows you can do. That's what you got to do. God's going to do his part. You don't have to be watching him. Okay, God, I'm going to do mine, but I'm just watching see what you're going to do so I'll know what little i got to do. Yeah, let me see what you're going to do first, and then I'll catch your slack, God. See, yeah, you see what I'm saying, you bunch of lazy heathens? I know you. Hey, Amen. How do I how in the world do I know you? Because I'm one of you. That's how I know. It takes one to know one, don't it? Amen. And I tell you what, you ain't never seen me try to crawl behind this holier-than-thou thing. You ever seen me try to crawl on that stage? There ain't no holier-than-thou. I'll be the first one to jump up and say, hey, man, Lord, God, don't kill me, Lord. I'm going to get better. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, man, just like Paul. How many of you know Paul was an anointed man of God? I mean, I mean, how many of you know, man, that was a man right there, buddy, that was highly anointed and highly favored of God? For real. But, you know, he was the first one to say, you know, hey, of sinners I am chief. Paul understood. I do too. I understand how this works. There's a whole lot of people would disagree with me being that down to earth with the people I preach to and not trying to hold myself up on some little higher plane up there. It's called a level of respect and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? There's a lot of pastors would never say some of the things I say. I don't care. I want you to know I'm one of you. They ain't nothing special about me. The only thing special about me is him in me. That's it. They ain't nothing special about me. Why in the world did he pick me? <laughs> only God knows. But I have a message that he's given me to preach. And I'm here to preach it to you. Amen. Here's your sign. That's all the sign's going to be given is what the Bible says. The Bible said, hey, don't be looking for no other sign. Here's your sign right here. Amen. If you cannot look at the word and the message coming from this church and know this is the real deal, something wrong, buddy. I'm going to tell you, if you can't look at this message, you say, well, the guy can't be after numbers. If you can't look at what I preach and look around you and say, this guy is can't be after money. It can't be money he's after. Yeah. If you look at you can't look at this and say, well, you know, maybe you could say, well, you know what, maybe he's after China. And he started with one man. <laughs> it's okay, grasshopper. I speak other language. 
Amen. But you know what? That's one good thing about this church. It ain't too hard to see that this guy can't can't have no ulterior motive. What could it possibly be? What could the ulterior motive possibly be? <laughs> what could it possibly be? <laughs> there ain't no ulterior motive, man. How could you think they had an ulterior the ulterior motive? Right. Why would they endure such, yeah, such, yeah. You can look with logic at this and know. Let me tell you something, folks. There's proof in this pudding. As I've said before. A circus monkey can fly a plane into a couple of towers and kill thousands of people. But you ain't going to find one raising the dead. You ain't going to find one breaking the chains of people in a baptistry. Amen. You're not going to find somebody getting up off a gurney. Amen. You're not going to find the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, the dumb speaking, and the lame walking. You ain't going to find people's eyes growing in their socket out of nowhere. You ain't going to find that happening with no devil. So the question is, who's the real Jesus? Well, you know what? I know him. And you do too. Why? And how is that? Because here's your sign. Here's your sign. Only sign you're ever going to have is the sign God sent to you. Now, true enough, there's miracles and things that go along with that, and that's a wonderful thing. Praise God. And you've seen those things happen in this church. You're going to see a whole lot more. You ain't seen nothing yet. But I tell you what, church, God loves His people. God loves this people. All He asks is all you can give Him. You give Him everything from you, you give Him all of you, and He'll give you all of Him. And I'm going to tell you, you better strap in and hang on because he's a whole lot to take. It's really a very uneven trade. What you got to offer is not nearly what he has to offer. It's a wonderful trade, isn't it? What do I preach? What's your sign? Look at Revelation 2 in closing. The Bible says in verse 5, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else. There's your sign. I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except Thou repent. There's your sign. There's your sign. Stand with me tonight.
Are you here tonight and need anything from the Lord? There's not any reason in the world why you need to leave here tonight needing anything from God because it's here for you if you need it. Anybody here tonight? Amen. Anybody here tonight need help with anything? God's here to help you tonight. Anybody here tonight need anything from the Lord? The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Anybody tonight? I want to thank you for putting your confidence in the truth. Putting your confidence in the Lord. Putting your confidence in this church. Putting your confidence in this pastor. I want you to pray for me. That God will use me mightily to win souls, win souls, win souls. I want you to pray for each of your brothers and sisters in this church. That God would use each of us mightily, amen, to win souls, win souls, win souls. How many of you going to turn it up for Jesus? Let's do it. Let's do it. The more you turn it up for Jesus, the more he's going to turn it up for you. You're going to have victories over things you never thought possible. You're going to have victories over things. You're going to have victories over your mind, victories over battles that you've been battling for however long. God's going to give you the victory. Amen. You just keep turning it up for him. And for every victory he gives you, commit that part of your life to something else. Amen. God takes something out of your life, amen, that you've been wanting rid of. Praise God. Fill it with something of Jesus. Amen. If God delivers you from something, praise God. Give that part of your life to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Agreed? Praise God. How many of you feel like you've been to church today? Isn't God good? I'm looking so forward to all he's going to do this year. Praise God. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for what we've heard and felt here today. You're so wonderful. We love you so much. Master, I pray that you would lead and guide us every step that we take. I pray, dear God, that you would 